Doctor, look. Stand aside, nurse. I'm Doctor Homebrew. Welcome, everybody. It's another episode of Dr. Homebrew, the only show uh, worth listening to, to be honest with you, on this whole network. But really, it's the also the only other show where you can be on. If you're a homebrewer and you want to be on the radio or the podcast, radio, internet, broadcasting, all you got to do is pay in beer. We are definitely a pay-to-play species of, of show. So if you want to be on, um, like any of our guests, you send an email to brian at thebrewingnetwork.com. And he will do his Brian Cooper things. And well, usually involves sending long emails. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Thorough email and, chains that I am on and I don't want to be on, but I see it and I go, God, delete. I don't even know what, I don't even know what Brian does. I'm sure Brian does a great job because we have uh, guests all the time. That's all I need to know. Whatever. Yeah. Brian is doing a great job. But I make uh, cat email, noises too. Yeah. yeah email mm-hmm. Brian and uh, he'll get you on the show and then you can be on the internet with us. Talking about your homebrew. You got to send in homebrew uh, today on the show. We are back with mead. Ashley is rejoining the show. We're going to drink her other mead. And then we have a commercial example of a mead we're going to be drinking. And that'll be good, man. I like mead. I'm I'm excited to get back into the mead area. I don't know. The sphere of influence, I suppose. Been doing a lot of it lately. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. You know, it's, it's, uh, I enjoy it. I think it's nice. I think it's a nice change of pace. You know what I mean? Because it's definitely something. That not a, not a lot of people used to do. I think more people are doing it now because it is. <laughs> Ashley, no, I'm, I don't want to like make you mad. It's easy, <laughs> quote unquote. Never. I'm going to put that in <laughs> air quotes. Has, uh, fewer gonna, ingredients. Let's just yes. say to be diplomatic. Yeah, I'm going to put that in a big fat air quotes. It's easier because you don't have to. Your strike water and your mash and your timing, you check your grat, you know, you don't have to like do like a lot of the beer brewing things, but it is, I also think more sciencey. It is so, it is more like winemaking on that scale where you really have to make sure that your foundation is set and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, a lot of, a lot of mead making going on. I appreciate that. But what else needs to be happening more than ever is cleaning and sanitizing. And the best people to do that are five star chemicals. You go to five star chemicals.com, learn everything you need to know about how to clean and sanitize your brewing equipment. Yes, you do have to sanitize your mead making equipment. I should say your mead fermentation chambers. Just because it's mead doesn't mean that you don't have to be just as clean, if not cleaner, uh, because I feel like there's way more sugars in mead than the bacteria can really start to get a hold a lot faster. So you want to be extra clean when you're dealing with all this kind of stuff. What, JP? You can't just put your honey into, like, any old vessel with some water and add add yeast? Say it isn't so. Sure you can. Just like you can make cider by getting, uh, you know, unfiltered apple juice from Trader Joe's and adding champagne yeast. <laughs> Will it be good? No. Maybe. It worked for the Vikings. I mean. It worked for know. the Vikings, but look at them now. Right. You know what I it's mean? It's not like they really cared what it tasted like. They just cared that it had some alcohol. And right. then they went and killed some dudes with like a rusty knife. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and then and then rinse, repeat is really how that goes. You know what I mean? Speaking of rinsing and repeating, uh, I brewed the other weekend. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I brewed the other weekend. I, uh, 
Went back to a, a tried and true classic, my Belgian table beer, my Belgian pale ale. Um, nice. Yeah, it was neat, man. I drove out to more beer and, uh, you know, got my eight pounds of German Pilsner <laughs> and drove home. Like, that's all the Grainville is, right? Uh, for five gallons, I did it in my, my Brewzilla. And it was cool, man. It was neat to, like, sort of get back in the saddle of, like, I missed. And I think maybe I said this last time I brewed <laughs> on the Brewzilla. I sort of missed the, the I don't want to call it pomp, but, like, the, the stuff you got to do, right? You got to... Uh, there's the smell, the, the the stirring of the dough balls and make sure all that's, you know what I mean? Like those kind of uh, like things. Yes. I sort of missed that sensation of smelling the grain, like just when it comes in. You know, the, the smell of the grain, when you right when you add it to the water, just smells like wet flour, sort of. That's still a little sweet and kind of, you know, uh, husky smelling. It's very different when after everything sets and everything starts converting and everything like that. But that initial doughy smell, I missed that. And it was cool. But um, anyway, I had to like clean a bunch of kegs and clean my beer line, which I never do. And then I was like, get a keg and I transported all my, moved my fermenter up on the counter, which was a mistake because it was really fucking heavy. Then I realized mm-hmm. I had no CO2. So I go borrow my friend Brad's CO2 tank. So I just drove mm-hmm. an hour round trip for like a new CO2 tank. And um, my fucking beer won't carbonate. And I don't know that I, I don't have a leak in the keg. I didn't check the line, but there's like, I'll pour the beer. The beer comes out and it's been, this is day four and there's no, the beer will dispense because so there's pressure in the keg, but it's not accepting any bubbles. There's no bubble action at all. What do you have it set at? Like, like 12 or 12 14. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, and it's been a long time since I've carbonated beer or anything for that matter, but I don't remember it being taking this long for any sort of action. Well, just yank it out of the fridge, set it up to 30, shake it for 30 seconds a couple times, How and about you'll yourself? be fine. Eh. I mean, you think that's what I should do is take it out? And I mean, because I, I took it out and I shook it. I mean, I've been shaking it every now and then, but four days, is there something wrong? Do I have a leak? And if I had a leak, would it matter? Because the beer, the, 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 the keg is still pressurized. Yeah. And so it's not like as big of a leak where it's it's leaking out the exact amount that is leaking in. You know what I mean? It's not like an open valve. Right. I would just watch Weird. your CO2 level and make sure it's not going down. Yeah. I think it is. I'm, I'm so bad at carbonation and dispensing, and I haven't done it for years, but that was always, man, it's, it's just so difficult. Uh, and kegging is so much better than bottling, but sometimes just getting that kegging stuff to work. I mean, have you tried like rocking, doing that rocking the baby with the keg thing? I mean, I've done it before, but I'm also just the kind of guy of like, I, I'll I'll put it, I'll set it at the pressure I'm going to dispense at and just leave it alone for yeah. a week. I don't care how long it takes. I'll just leave it alone. Like, I don't need to rock shake. I don't need to do anything. But I don't know, three days, you should see something. That is still yeah, as, you should see something. as night, man. It's just, anyway. Hmm. Tastes good, though. Actually, it tastes a little... um. Spicy, I think I got. It took like two days to ferment. It was bad. I did. I abused the shit out of that ferment. But whatever. Did you I don't put know, it in it your fun. garage or something in this hot, this last no, few hot days of the year. No, I had it in a conical. Actually, the last few days it's been in the keg, but I had it in a conical in the house. But um, I didn't do any oxygen, and yeah. I only did one pack of yeast. And uh, I think it, um, it it took it took forty eight hours. I think to see any action. 
maybe thirty two, maybe thirty two. So I think I think something something was going on. But anyway, that's my so, that's my brewing story. Sometimes it takes forty eight hours. You know, see some action if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was a ten forty one beer. That's the other thing. It started at ten forty one and it finished at like ten oh nine. I don't know, man. That didn't that didn't attenuate as much as you'd expect a Belgian no. to attenuate, even like a single. You'd expect that to be maybe like a ten oh five. That's what I wanted. I mean, I would have taken a ten oh six or seven. You know what I mean? I just want a little bit. But does whatever. it taste less attenuated than you wanted? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. It definitely tastes a little sweeter than I want. Add water. <laughs> there you go. That'll do Add it. Add some more yeast. See what happens. Ferment in the keg. That'll Absolutely. do it. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, enough about me. I just wanted to share my brewing story. I'm 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 trying to get back in the habit. I'm trying to be like Whoopi Goldberg in Sister Act too. We're just trying to help you out. You know, it's do- yeah. we're not just going to throw you into the wolves and say, "Doctor, heal thyself." You know, Doctor <laughs> Homebrew. We're going to your other other members of your practice here are going to help you out, man. That's true. Yeah. Well, you know, getting his groove back. What I think mm-hmm. I might do is actually just in the break, just go turn the CO2 off because I think I might have a leak somewhere else. But I just, I don't know. I, that's what I mean. It baffles me that the keg will still dispense beer, but it won't accept carbonation. And, like, I spray the top down with uh, star sand. There's no foaming. So well, I don't know if, yeah. like, the line, you know what I mean? Like, I would hear the dis- hiss. If you it, dispense beer at 2 PSI, I mean, it'll push. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's, it's, I mean, you're right. But if, you know, it's set at 12 or 14 PSI, you're going to hear that leaking somewhere. Uh, I mean, I th- I would guess. Anyway, whatever. Um, to our guest, Ashley, welcome back to the Dr. Homebrew, where I just complain about my beer setup all day. <laughs> That's okay. We all have our, you know, little little issues with our brewing. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. We have another mead from you. Yes. All right. I like it. Which one is this one? What are so we doing this is here? a very much a dessert mead. Um, you could pour it over ice cream. It's pomegranate. Okay. A pomegranate mead. What, yes. um, what was the base honey? Um, used wildflower. Um, there's little to no water in it. So it's literally pomegranate juice and honey. No, really? <laughs> Even easier. Two ingredients. Yeah, well, I was wondering, mm. it, it came with a, a spout, and I didn't know if I was supposed to... No, I'm kidding. Um, wow, that sounds w- w- weird. I mean, is that like a normal thing to do, or did you just figure, hey, this could work, because I have to use honey, might as well just use juice? Or yeah, not honey, but water? It. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a common way to make a sicer, you know, apple juice and honey. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't know why that's like blowing my mind right now, that you would just mm-hmm. replace the water with juice. But mm-hmm. I guess, um, okay, that's cool. I like it. And the strength is standard. Yes. And uh, it's still, car- okay, sweetest, sweetness is uh, sweet. Absolutely sweet. <laughs> I like it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Have you done, have you done this before? No, this is my first time doing this one. Um, and I have my own thoughts on it um, after tasting it recently. Are the good That's thoughts? A, well, we'll get to those. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, I, I, I don't want to sway you either way. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I'm easily swayed. Don't, you know, you can tell me this is wet concrete. I'm like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, you make some good concrete. I appreciate that very much. Stick some bowls mm. in there. It'll stand straight <laughs> yeah, up. Yeah, <laughs> right. That smells cool. Um, Brian Shar, why don't you go first, man? Oh, well, thank you. Uh, actually, thank you for uh, being on the show again and for sending us this this awesome mead. Uh, you know, I, and this is a, uh, to be clear, this is a category M2E, a melamel. Mm-hmm. 
Not that I'm an expert, I'm just reading from the mead style guidelines here. Uh, so the Melamel is a mead, but also has a fruit edition. And as you were saying earlier, it's a pomegranate edition. It's a, a still mead with uh, sweet sweetness and standard strength. Uh, bottle inspection was fine. Uh, I really enjoyed this uh, Melamel a lot. Uh, bouquet aroma to start off with. I thought it was really a great balance of, of pomegranate and honey aroma. I'm not even a giant fan of pomegranate. Uh, and I think starting off here in the aroma, it's really interesting how much, and really, uh, I think quite an achievement, how much in balance this whole melamel is between the pomegranate and the honey. The honey aroma is medium. Pomegranate aroma is medium. Uh, it's got almost a, a rosé wine, kind of a Venus quality, yeah, which is a, a plus for this. I don't know that I can quite identify like a, a grape varietal that it's like, but yeah, I, I get when I was thinking about like what kind of wine it might be most like, rosé was what popped into my head, like a really nice rosé. There's uh, no off aromas, didn't get any alcohol, uh, any harsh alcohol. There's maybe a little bit of ethanol, but there's just so much going on here. Um, yeah, there's no requirement that the ethanol come through in the aroma. Uh, gave it eight out of 10 for the uh, bouquet slash aroma. Appearance, uh, color is dark reddish orange, crystal clear, uh, persistent <laughs> legs. It's still, but there are a few, bu- a few bubbles on the edge, which is perfectly fine for a still beverage. Uh, gave it six out of six for appearance. The flavor, initially the flavor is kind of a, a medium honey and medium pomegranate. It's a sweet mead, but the sweetness is low. And looking at the style guidelines, uh, the introduction to to mead guidelines, sweet mead doesn't mean that it has to be some cloying, thick uh, sugar water thing. Right? It's not like you're to be drinking simple syrup uh, or something like that. It just means means the sweetness has to be there at at some level, even at a low level. Uh, it's very well attenuated, but that residual sweetness uh, or that sweetness in the back. Uh, I, I think is just enough to give it some body and some character without being so bone dry that it just kind of goes away in your mouth. Uh, medium tannins, uh, medium low alcohol, uh, sort of a smooth uh, ethanol alcohol, not a harsh fusel. The aftertaste is very long and complex. Uh, no carbonation, which you wouldn't expect. It's a still beverage. Uh, the balance is balances really well between the pomegranate and the honey. I gave it 20 out of 24 for flavor. Uh, overall impression, 9 out of 10 for a total score of 43. Uh, this is really harmonious and well-balanced, uh, not just between the fruit and the honey, but between the fruit and the honey, the tannins, the sweetness, the alcohol, sort of every component of this. Uh, and I'm I, I'm not a meat certified meat judge or even any kind any level of meat judge. I haven't taken the meat exam. Uh, you know, what I know about this is from what meats I've had largely through Dr. Homebrew and from reading the guidelines. Uh, but one of the key things about the guidelines is that a mead, a really good quality mead, is balanced across every dimension. And this is really balanced, I think, really well across uh, every dimension. Uh, I really like this a lot. Uh, it makes me want to drink more mead. Uh, and it makes <laughs> me kind of interested in learning more about the different honeys and about everything else. And, you know, I think this is really fantastic. And, and I really appreciate you sharing this, Ashley. Um, and I was so excited about going first and about drinking more of this. I forgot to ask you my standard question. I have to ask <laughs> everyone, 
Uh, and I asked you last time, but in case someone wasn't listening to the previous episode, are you in a homebrew or home mead making club? Absolutely. I'm in Doe's. Um, we are out of Walnut Creek and uh, it's a, a great active group. We um, constantly do beer fest every year. Um, we have some mead makers in there and a lot of beer makers um, and a few cider. Awesome. And I am coming to a club dose meeting at some point this summer. That's going to happen. Uh-oh. Fantastic. Be sure to let Ashley know so she can be busy then. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> I'll, I'll make sure to give every uh, Paul and everybody some advance notice so you guys can just like bail out. And, uh, oh, oh yeah, I'm, I, I have uh, some, I have to mow my thing. Uh, yeah, I got to, I got to thaw some ice <laughs> or something like that. Got to got wa- watch that to be sure it happens okay. Yeah. Yeah. And watch the paint dry on the wall you painted the other day. That's true. That's exactly. Right. Yeah, I have to make my own paint. Um, <laughs> all right, Shark, good job. You you scored Thank it, you. right? You gave a score? Oh, yeah. Overall score was a 43. I thought it was really, really well made. And oh. I'm going to finish my sample. I'm going to finish this bottle. Uh, none of this is getting poured down the drain. That's for sure. That's a good thing. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Uh, thanks, Ashley. No problem. I do want to apologize about the camera. It was working before I came into the, the room, and now it just it won't work, and I tried my settings mm-hmm. and everything, so you don't get to see me tonight. It's fine. Well, it's, no it's, apologies, and, you know, it's a podcast, so it's an pretty much this is a visual medium when we're talking about taste, That's or right. an audio medium when we're talking about taste, so there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. All right, Cooper, let's go. All right. Um, yeah, so open the, the bottle. I opened this three nights ago and judged it uh, then. Um the, there was no hiss upon opening. It's a still uh, mead, so that's appropriate. Uh, in the nose, it opens with a, a sweet honey character and fresh uh, pomegranate kind of tang in tandem. Like they're both nicely uh, balanced between each other. Honey is floral and seems a little spicy, intense. Um, kind of good, quite a good complexity to it. Uh, Seeing uh, or uh, smelling um, brightly estery uh, components in there, you know, just a lot of fruitiness from that pomegranate. Um, but it's really inviting with that, you know, it's a fresh fruity character that that's really nice. So, um, eight out of ten for bouquet aroma. Uh, appearance wise, it's really pretty, a, a nice rich. I said rose, ambery color, kind of. It's got a little, you know, like kind of this orangey, ambery color behind that kind of rosé color, but it does look like a rosé wine in, in some ways with a little bit of a honey-like color to it. Um, quite clear, only only very minor haze. Uh, you know, some lags, but they're not streaking down, just kind of ripples above where the liquid was. Uh, no signs of, of carbonation, just no bubbles at all, right, at all, even in the corners of the glass there. So there's it, it's not doing anything else in the bottle, it doesn't seem like. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> meads will creep up to petulant and, mm-hmm. and get... Uh, get a little spritzy on you in the bottle, but this one doesn't seem to be doing that. Uh, and that's great. I, five out of six for uh, appearance. Uh, flavor-wise, with that pomegranate flavor comes out nice and fruity up front, uh, just fresh, um, along with a clean floral honey. It's a fairly acidic fruit, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, but it doesn't um, really express too acidic. Um, it's, it, you know, it's that's an intense balance, you know, fruit to, to kind of have to balance with honey flavor. So I'm, I'm impressed with that, that balance. Um, and, you know, if you over acidified this, it would just go south real fast. I think uh, low tannins, uh, 
no carbonation. The alcohol is 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 pretty firmly noticeable. Now that I got just a little bit of heat out of it, um, you know, not, maybe a touch, almost just a faint, faint solventy note, but not offensive at all. Uh, just you, as you keep going, you get it just feels bigger and bigger, and you breathe out, and you feel that. Um, that's kind of getting into mouthfeel too, but it, you know, but then the, the fruit just lingers into the aftertaste. So it kind of balances that out a little bit and it's, it's, you know, well done, but it is, it is warming in the chest and it's, uh, it, it seems big. I, I don't know what the ABV is on this one. Uh, I get 18 out of 24 for flavor. Overall impression, <laughs> the bottle uh, it's labeled as, as Pomageddon. <laughs> by Ashley. And, That's a good uh, name. Like, if the world had to end, it might as well be from an explosion of awesome honey and, and pomegranate like this. Uh, you know, fine point kind of to tame that uh, that little little spicy hot alcohol thing in the in the that kind of bite and the flavor and mouthfeel. You could uh, well, you know, take really good care of the fermentation, of course. Uh, you could maybe also back off the acidity just a touch. I feel like at first it, it didn't bite super acidic, but as it goes on, you notice the acidity kind of playing off that alcohol and it's really kind of, you know, then these are very fine points, but just like that balancing act is like the, the alcohol is kind of winning a little bit. And if you mm-hmm. reduce the acidity a little bit, it might play better to reduce that little sharpness that was in there. But again, it wasn't like a really sharp, harsh fruit flavor. The, the level of the fruit was fine. I thought. Um, the tannins are fine being kind of low or I wouldn't push those up, uh, just to try to balance it some other way. But, uh, you know, the, the, the tannins are fairly low now, but, you know, pomegranate again is a pretty acidic fruit. I'm sure it's tricky to, to play with. Um, I gave overall impression eight out of 10. I landed at a 39 on this one. I think that's a very fine mellow mel. And, uh, now you state wildflower honey that, that does come through. It really does have a nice floral honey character in the flavor and in the aroma. Yeah. Just the only thing I checked on the left side was just a light alcoholic, little effect of al- alcohol warming, not super hot, but, but noticeable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but really liked it. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. And it's, uh, it's really fun to taste your, your meads. I went to uh, my buddy, John Kerber's house last night and he had a couple of your meads there too. Oh yeah. <laughs> I left them on yeah. a birthday. <laughs> so I got to taste those as well. I think um, at least one of them I didn't have before. So mm-hmm. I think he had the fig, the fig yeah. and black pepper. Yeah. Oh, that sounds good. But thank you. Mm-hmm. Any questions for us or do you want to talk about what you did with the, well, let, the mead? Hold on, Cooper. Hold oh, on. Oh, hold oh. on. <laughs> No jump the line. Yeah, what are you changing up the format of the show suddenly? Did you Should score let it? JP talk about the meat. Did you score it? Yeah. Oh yeah, thirty nine. Wow, you, you we haven't done the show in a while. You can tell both Brian's like I I don't know. Should I give a score? I forget. Oh, um, I did give a score. Thirty nine. Okay. Were yeah. you sleeping? Yeah. Well, maybe I don't know. Um, I I like this mead a lot. Also, um, I don't really, I'm trying like struggling, like figure out what to say that the guys didn't really say, um, already I want, I want the, the pomegranate. I like the tartness of the pomegranate, the tang, um, and, you know, combined with the sweetness of the honey, it's definitely a, a nice balance. Uh, I think Char was saying that uh, early on, but I, I almost want more pomegranate flavor and I don't know how you get that. I want like more. A little more fruit flavor than tartness. 
well, maybe I'll take out the uh, two but, cups of water that I've added and uh, <laughs> replace it with me. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, maybe like an extract. I don't. I don't know. I would be interested to like play around with some of that. But it's very, very good. And you know, on the last show, we were giving you our would we buy this or not? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would. I would definitely buy this. I would buy this and bring it to someone's house. Yeah, I like yeah, it. This is better than a lot of commercial than most commercial meads I've ever had. I'll take that. <laughs> how was the how was your fermentation with this? How do you deal? What is the ABV on this? First of all, and then and then follow up. How do you deal with the fermentation with that? Yeah, um, it's a thirteen point eight percent. This one basically ran itself into the ground, so there was no back sweetening, um, and I did not clarify. It just sat for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, it's. Uh, the final gravity was pretty high, and I was worried about it. Um, it was uh, 1046, I think is what it was, which I was like, oh, I don't know. But the balance for me was the tartness of the um, the pomegranate, mm-hmm. and it really balanced out that uh, sweetness to me. Wait, um, wait it, it finished at 1046? Yeah. Good gravy. <laughs> Good <I know>. gravy. <laughs> Where did it start? Um, it started at... Um, it's eleven. It was about eleven fifty-ish. I think is what it was. Right. It was. We can mix fruit juice with a lot of honey. Yeah, <laughs> I did. <laughs> yep. And then with the acidity, the way it is, it it'll mm-hmm. it'll tend to inhibit the yeast as it goes along. The yeast is gonna yeah uh, peter out after a while. But it, you did a good job not stressing the yeast somehow and just let it yep <laughs> settle I, out and nutrients. And, I imagine. I was pretty particular on my yeast. I I went for seventy one B. Um, because it can deal a little bit better with the acidic kind of environments. Who makes that? Bon. Yeah. So um, who's the Lalvin? Lalvin. Lalvin. Okay. Yes. Lalvin. Maybe eleven twenty-two. You yeah. know, I I wonder. I wonder if <sighs> hmm, I don't know. Tasting it again, I wonder if less pomegranate juice is the is the key for me. Like okay. less, like less is more, kind of a thing. Because I wonder mm-hmm. if it's too much. So the acidity is too high, but then the the acidity sort of stomps on the juice because there's a balance with the honey. I don't know. It kind of vaguely reminded me of, I don't know if you've ever had Lost Cause mead from um, Southern California. They tend yeah. to be like heavier meads and then they finish, like some of them are heavier meads and they finish with like a, a bite or a or something that offsets that heavy mm-hmm. sweetness. Um, and so I kind of felt it was reminiscent of something that they would do. Your finishing gravity is higher than many beers start at. It's just it's higher yeah. than the it's higher than the starting gravity of my beer that I brewed two weeks ago. Right, you're making a dry Irish stout. You're yeah. you're starting you know lower than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just picking nits. I mean, like drinking it now. I wonder if it's. I wonder if it's too tart. I wonder if backing off on some of that pomegranate juice would be beneficial. But I don't know. I you know it's you mm-hmm. you've probably you know brewed this m- multiple times. I don't know what I'm talking about. I do this like was, it. Um, this was my second rendition of it. Uh, okay. What did you change between the first and the second? I want to know how you how you dial in a, a, a mead like this. Like, how do you make so, changes to, to balance this out? So I actually did lower the amount of pomegranate and increase the water a little bit because mm-hmm. um, I it was just, you know, too sweet and it became cloyingly like sweet. And then, I could see that, yeah. Um, the, the way the flavor changed on the first one, um, I think the yeast were a little too stressed mm. when I did that one. So I was a little more um, attentive to my mead, <laughs> mm-hmm. 
we we touch ours over time instead of on the first day and let it go um so i gave it a lot more attention um more degassing um did a better nutrient schedule <laughs> good old tasna um i didn't necessarily do that i just kind of broke it up i was like ah, i'm just gonna do half now and half later and just let it go and see what happens so um <laughs> less is more sometimes <laughs> exactly i like so, it and, i mean it, and, it depends on what you're going for and that's really like ultimately what you know what um you should do if, if that yeah. if you're going for a mead like this i think you've i think you've you've hit it mm-hmm. I th- I, it's great i think it's a very good it's a very good tasting mead thank you yeah the only thing i think i would change on it myself as i was thinking the sweetness level was a little high Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to bring this, if I do it in the, when, not if, when I do it in the future, <laughs> I'd like <laughs> to bring down the sweetness a little bit. Um, where do you get your pomegranate? What kind of, uh, fruit, uh, I mean, it's just ju- the juice only, and there's no pomegranate fruit added. Correct. Um, I got the pomegranate juice from Costco, the Kirkland brand. Wow. Um, the first one was palm and, um, I couldn't get a hold of palm at the price that was, uh good at the time so i was like okay i'll go for the kirkland brand and i was a little nervous about it first in fact when it was done like the flavor was completely different than when i used palm and uh it sat for a long time before i touched again i thought it was going to be a throwaway batch and right when i was getting ready to transfer it into like jugs basically to decide do i want to mix this in or not and i tasted it and i was like oh my god what happened to it (laughs) It's drinkable. It's like, coming around. It came around. Oh, <laughs> it just took that's, time. One yeah. time. <laughs> Kirkland or not, and with the quality of the honey I'm sure you're using and the amount of honey, this mm-hmm. is an expensive batch of beverage. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Absolutely. <laughs> Pomegranate juice? Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to go wrong with Kirkland. You know, I live the Kirkland lifestyle myself, and mm-hmm. it's uh, their products generally tend to be pretty good quality. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, the honey is... Uh, it's their brand. It's their brand of honey too. <laughs> oh, to Costco. Here yeah, we go. There you go. You just call this Costco mead, right. or just offer this up to Costco. See if they want to sell this at some of their stores. Right. Yeah. yeah. So no, actually, you should um, just smuggle a couple of bottles into your local Costco, and then like find one of those abandoned sample tables. <laughs> right. <laughs> just for, like, bring up the little set up in there. Me. Like uh, put on the hairnet. Go up there. <laughs> gloves. <laughs> Well, see if you can find a smock and just like, oh, meat sample. Right. Meat sample. That would be so awesome. <laughs> Fresh pomegranate good. mead. Right. You can't buy it here, but you can make but it. You can make it. <laughs> um, I love it. Do we have any questions for Ashley or vice versa? Uh, this is a no heat mead, I'm assuming. Correct. Yeah. You wouldn't want to <laughs> boil your pomegranate juice. Yeah. No. Just so the, yeah people I, I make assumptions but people listening to this uh, you know m- may need to learn um you know learn how to make me there's a lot of good information out there and uh you know it's um it's a fun hobby too and it is it is it sounds easy but it's actually not easy to make a me that's this balanced so what was your what was your you said you kind of had your impression of it did you did you get the alcohol heat a little bit too or I did no? get a little bit of the alcohol heat and i'm thinking maybe it just tends to you know, sat over time and got better. Maybe it'll, if I let it sit a little longer, maybe it'll calm down a little more. Um, yeah. It doesn't seem oxidized at all. So there's no, mm-hmm. yeah, it, there's no weirdness creeping in. It, it seems really good. How old is it? Um, It is less than a year. Um, okay. It is seven months, five, good. seven, eight months. So it's not super old, but uh, in, in mead terms. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. And is the, the pomegranate sliding down a little bit over time or is it staying fairly consistent? It's staying fairly consistent. In fact, it's becoming more like almost like a real pomegranate to me. Like yeah. It's becoming like pomegranate instead of like it was before where it just was a weird flavor. <laughs> I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It was just weird. <laughs> what do you think it was from? I don't know. Um, it wasn't like an off flavor, like from the yeast being stressed. It was just a, just the ferment. It, it, I don't know if it was the fermented product. I don't know. I have no idea where that mm. came from. Pomegranate juice can be a little weird. I've I've made my own grenadine a couple times, and you can it can it can be weird. I think it's mm-hmm. a weird it's a weird um, product. Yeah. yeah, I'll say too. Pomegranate is not my favorite, but this makes me want to <laughs> have it more. It's like it's it's a nice fresh flavor for what it is. Like if every pomegranate beverage you got tasted had that kind of pomegranate flavor to it. I'd probably be a bigger fan. Yeah. I love <laughs> pomegranate juice. Yeah. Pomegranate juice rules. I like cutting it with water because I feel like it can be too powerful. It can be too tart sometimes. Right. It's like, like cranberry juice. You know, most of the cranberry juice cocktails you get are only like 13% oh, cranberry. Yep. If you get the 100% stuff, woo, baby. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, all right, Ashley, if that's it, we'll let you um, We'll let you go. Well, yeah. she's going to hang I'm out, taste actually. The, yeah, gonna, I'm going to hang out and taste some uh, Are you going to hang out and taste Oh, okay, great. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, that's a good segue. Hang on, everybody. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. We're going to taste a commercial mead uh, along with Ashley and get her input on it and uh, talk a little bit about commercial meads in general and uh, and how this sort of stacks up with, uh, with the style guidelines. So hang on, everybody. It's Dr. Homebrew. We'll be right back. All right, thanks for hanging on, everybody. We are back here. We're actually still on the line, and we have two commercial meads to drink. Are we doing two? I forget. I know we just yeah, talked we're about doing... it, but... Yeah, we got two. Okay, we were all able to get the same thing. Cool, nice. Uh, so these are from Redstone Meadery. If you guys have been around uh, homebrewing circles in general, uh, Redstone have been around forever. I want to say that they were the first commercial meadery that I ever heard of from Colorado... Um, and, uh, their product has always been good. I think they were on the session years back too, if I, if I remember correctly. I got a redstone mead when I won a, a medal at, uh, NHC for, for one of my meads. So yeah, they're big, I, I had they're big supporters. Melamel, I think. Yeah. Yeah. They're big supporters yeah. of the, uh, they're t- big ties with AJ supporters of home brewing. So, uh, you know, I thought let's trash. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so it's pretty cool. They have a meat in a can. They have a black yeah. raspberry nectar in a in a can. And I feel like actually is that um weird? Is that uh, like like uh you know, I don't know, not respecting the the beverage or something like that? Should everything be corked in cage and bottled properly or whatever? Or is a can fine for meat? You know, um I was a little taken back by the the canned mead. I don't think it's wrong per se. I think it's weird. I've had a few canned meads now, hmm. um, but I'm, I treat it more like it's a, a wine type drink instead of a can type drink, which I think of like soda and beer and 
So I think it's just personal preference, but I don't think there's okay. anything wrong with it officially. Okay, because like you can't you can't store it. Like if you're Correct. opening a can of mead, you're you're sort of done. It's also yes. carbonated. But here, let me look at the style. It's um, are we having the can first, JP? I don't know. I'm just pouring both of them. Why not? I poured right. the bottle first. I only brought one glass down. I I poured the bottle too. It's a mellow mel. Start with that. But I think they did it too. So it, I mean, it's a it's a package that you can take oh, you really... camping with you. You can take you know hiking, whatever mm-hmm. to a beach. To the beach, yeah. yeah. Nothing like going hiking and then and then cooling down by drinking a fourteen percent mead. Absolutely. Well, the, this is only like an eight percent. The uh, oh, no. the the nectars are more of a hydromel. Hydromel. Okay. See, I don't yeah. know anything about these terms. Technically, I think it's a standard if you wanted to insert in BJCP. Probably, it's... yeah, just barely standard, but yeah. use your judgment when entering a, a mead. Yeah. And the, the 7, 7% mead is considered lawnmower mead in my book, you know. <laughs> 8%, you're kind of borderline. Okay, that could pass for a standard, but some standards are 11 or so. It's, you know. Uh, well, let's do, the, let's do the can first. I mean, it's, it's lower alcohol. Shouldn't that be what we do first? Okay. Ashley needs to go get a glass then. Yeah. Actually, just drink out of the can of shotgun. All right. I'll just, shotgun I won't it. shotgun yeah, it, yeah. but you know, I'll take it out of the can. I don't care. Right. <laughs> Wait, this would because... be maybe the first podcast in history that anybody ever shotgunned a mead out of a can <laughs> if you were to do that. That is so true. Just think about that for a second. You could be making podcast yeah. history. Yeah. I want you yeah. to get the video working. For I want that. you to take five seconds, Ash, and think about that. Think about what you could be doing for us. Right. Um, well, what I'm going to do for for you guys right now is instead of running upstairs, I'll, I only poured a little bit of the uh, traditional in the glass so I can drink that really quick. Yeah. I mean, this maybe it's a canned variation. I don't know. This mead smells like uh, it's pepper. Like it has like a like a like, like it's spice. Like it has jalapeno in it or something like that. There's a little sharp odd smell. Yeah. It does. Yeah, it's it's like, an odd smell that is not like a fruit smell to me. And I got my first thought was almost ozone. When I cracked the can, like what oh, is happening? Yeah. And I haven't even sipped it yet, but I it was an odd, not natural smell. You know, sometimes Damn. when you're when you take the weed eater and you got like a big, a big thick weed in the yard, and you're like, and you're grinding <laughs> down with that weed eater, mm-hmm. and that's that juicy kind of like weed smell, not like pot, but like you know, plant. That's what I smell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is sort of like an earthy. It's like yeah, 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 yeah. Like jalapenos, but not spicy. No, put put but your not nose jalapeno. down and and and, put, and sniff really deep and see if you get cinnamon. I'm getting a cinnamon, but I, I can talk myself into cinnamon almost. Yeah, uh, almost a almost a metallic ish. The thing is, this this uh, uh, I bought this yesterday. I drove all the way to San Ramon to get this can, and then this morning I found that it was empty and there was a partial glass of it sitting next to uh and it wasn't me i didn't i didn't stay up late but somebody else in the household stayed up late i didn't put a big enough sign on it to uh alert them to the fact that this was in fact dr homebrew stuff that i needed oh. to save but yeah we a, have we have a anyway. strict uh not the last can policy in this house we're like yeah, if it, you a, see one bottle of something do not consume yeah. <laughs> um you know this it, it if, if I, I breathe deep through my nose and i really get a hork off of that side glass it almost smells like cheap chinese food like um pineapple like a pineapple sauce it smells like the 
if you're going that route, like the sweet and sour, yes, like right, yes, that, yeah, that's what I'm getting from yes, it. Yes, right, sweet, sweet and sour, sour with a pineapple chunk in it. Yes, yeah, yeah. Damn, JP, that is that is spot on. You didn't talk me into that. That's a really good descriptor. <laughs> of pretty what good. That, well, that aroma is like Ashley and I both nailed that one. It's a black yeah. raspberry nectar, and you know. Look, I'm not trying to shit on anything because it, it just, it, 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 this is what it smells like. Carbonated honey wine with black raspberry puree. You it know, doesn't smell like that. It is pretty muted. And then it's, mm-hmm. I have to say, it's kind of watery. It's, it seems watery. That's, you don't notice any real alcohol. So for 8%, it's smooth, but it's, yeah. um, yeah. And there's a pepperiness in the, in the flavor too. It's almost like it's almost like they use like the raspberry plant <laughs> instead of the right. berries. Yeah. Instead of the berries. Yeah, it's like a like, it's like it takes it's like it takes three or four sips to get the fruit. Like the fourth sip, I'm getting like that black raspberry uh, or some kind of berry character out of the flavor. But it shouldn't take that long. And I wonder if it is like I, I forget who was talking about. Maybe it got got watered down. Uh, and I, I wonder if it's maybe. A, a, because you, you probably don't want to put a 14% mead in a can. And I know Jamil has talked on the session about like higher alcohol in a can can be problematic. He was talking about his canned mm. cocktails. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, just in terms of put, in making this into a canned beverage as opposed to a bottled beverage, I wonder if <sighs> the addition of even pure, clean, uncontaminated water to this is going to uh, affect how, the, how you perceive the aroma and the flavor, mm. especially going down for something like a what's going to be a 14, 15% beverage down to like 8%. You're, you're like watering it down almost, almost, almost 50%. Right. Yeah. 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 There is a metallic, I don't know. Cooper, the, the first, what... my first impression, my snap judgment when I popped that can was something ozone slash metallic. Mm. It's not ozone, but it's kind of on that edge of being kind of sharp and metal ish. Yes, yeah, it's it's definitely blood, penny, yeah, aromatic. It's not, you know, it seems like in the nose you would think maybe it's like a seed, seed like character mm-hmm. or something from the the black raspberry seeds. But you get into the flavor and it doesn't have very high tannins at all. No, it's the structure is is kind of, you very know, the tannins light. are low. It's not very acidic. It's not very honey forward. Everything's generally light. It's kind of watery. And I don't know. I think maybe a little acidity would probably help this a bit just to give it a, something poking out there and, and play off the fruit or maybe a little more sweetness, but I don't know. Yeah. Mine it doesn't it, have it, a uh, born on or best buy date. Do, do, does any of yours? I mean, I know nope. it tastes like the beverage is good, but there's a contaminant or a thing. And I think Char might be on it where it's like when they're cutting it down, or like easy. something in the way that they're sanitizing their cans something Maybe. is going on but like there is like a sort of sweetness there there is like a nice light berry flavor honey flavor sort of buried in, in uh, you know in the middle there it's hard yeah, it's hard to it's judge like it. being, um I, I don't mean this in the worst way possible, but like a LaCroix of mead. <laughs> uh, right. It's got it without, it's got without being overly sweet. Like some of them are, it's got kind of a wine cooler like quality to it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is a cool, it's a cool way to make mead more approachable for people. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think that's neat. I think it's a good idea. And, you know, th- talking about it and understanding a little bit more of the style. I think it's cool that it's in a can. Mm-hmm. It's neat. I just, there's, there's a, there's a thing. The more sips I take, the more fruitiness I can get out of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
so it builds on itself yeah uh, my initial take on it was a little off-putting from the scent from the can but now that it's kind of airing a little bit it's not quite as bad yes absolutely it, it tastes uh, more like uh more rosé like yes and the the it should be mentioned that the, the it is a classic commercial example of a mellow mel so it is um, oh, you can wow. find it in bottles as well but um yeah that would be yeah. fascinating to do a bottle and a can side by side yeah mm-hmm. i wonder if it, it really yeah. would what the difference is and it's made with a black raspberry puree um yeah i, I also wonder see like aluminum cans always have some kind of liner right so they're right. you're not just putting a beverage into aluminum uh, typically, it's a BPA liner, but that's been in recent years. People have moved away from BPA for a variety of reasons. Uh, I wonder, especially given the supply chain issues that have happened, this is one. And if you're looking at this, I swear um, it was the other. It's a bottle that said it was was made in 2021. The can didn't uh, didn't say anything about that. You know, it's possible that. You know the cans they were able to get during the uh, uh, the pandemic, uh, especially with all the supply chain problems. Maybe had, you know, maybe a liner that was incomplete or some liner issues. Uh, maybe I don't know. I, I'm kind of grasping at straws here for why we might be tasting what we're tasting. That maybe there is a maybe there's some defect in the liner that's causing it to contact the aluminum for a long stretch of time, thereby getting more of a metallic flavor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Otherwise, it's 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 challenging. It's a challenging thing to to judge. If we were judging this, what would we do? Would we continue to write, or would we just be like, I think you have some flaws. Would you pass on it? You have to judge what's in front of you. Do so you? I would because... just continue and give oh. it a score. Okay. Yeah. It's like even exhaling. That's like the, the, the dominant flavor I'm getting is whatever that is, and I can't. Mm-hmm. I don't. I want it to leave my mouth. There's not a, not any real sharp like offensive flavors in this mead. Um, it's not it's, no. it's real subtleties and it's the balance of it, and it's it's such a light mead that it just you know to me it's a little I'd like it to be a little more characterful and have a little more fruit. Um, the the dryness of it I think is is fine. If you're going to have a carbonated mead, having it a little drier is is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, if if it was too sweet and carbonated, that might be a little too much. So that that's fine. Um, I think the carbonation is is pretty light, especially since this was well my my sample was sitting out overnight <laughs> and then I put it in my fridge this morning. But um, yeah, it you know, I don't have a lot really bad specifically to say about it. It's um, like you said, it's an approachable um, product that that some people might really enjoy and find interesting and delve into meads a little more and that can be a good yeah. thing yep absolutely but, um, i think yeah, it's a cool it's, idea i think the execution might be a little a little off so it's made with clover honey wildflower honey uh narbonne yeast black raspberry puree and the love mm-hmm. so, i'm gonna throw this out here as a as a thought also i'm not sure who i i'm not familiar with this product until like yesterday mm-hmm. uh and i'm not sure what the this is mark who this is marketed toward but if this is marketed toward like drinkers of hard seltzer, mm. you know, maybe this is something where it's got the fruit, it's got the carbonation, it's got a little honey. Maybe it's marketed more toward getting people that would drink a truly or a white claw or something to pick up <laughs> one of these. 
Well, I didn't see it in 12 packs at the front of the total wine. <laughs> and it's well, also like $7.49 a can. So, yeah, yeah that's maybe, a good point. Maybe not. Yeah. Maybe not. An expensive six pack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a good point. All right. I withdraw right. my comment. Well, let's move on to the bottled version, the traditional mountain honey wine. Now, what style would this be, Coop? Well, this is a traditional semi-sweet mead. Yeah. Um, M1B. Yeah. M1B. M1B. All right. <coughs> Oh, you can't breathe it. <laughs> Drink with my esophagus, not my trachea. Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> man, I think smelling this I, brings me back, man. Like, like NHC, like when I first, because for me, there's sort of like a eucalyptus menthol aromatic. And I sort of remember that about this mead. Yeah. And I haven't had it in like 10 years, but it's like. And I don't mean menthol in like in a, in a bad way. It's like um, I'm gonna oh, say I'm gonna say unrefined, and that's not what I I don't mean like raw, right? But like just um, r- intentionally rough around the edges. I mean, mountain honey wine, I think, sort of brings that to the table. You know, already it's like it's not polished, it's not whatever. It's sort of pokey outy a little bit on purpose, and I I I like that. I think it's very rustic. Maybe that's the term I'm looking for. You know, I think we got spoiled by by Ashley's mead, which was just so <laughs> big and complex and flavorful. Yeah, I think this is also really this is a good this is a good mead. I'm not getting any off. You know the, I think all the debate we were having about the can, uh, and you know metallic and what have you is not present in this this one at all. This is just a nice, smooth, right, simple mead. But I I think because we had just that big awesome pomegranate mead from from ashley that's hard to kind of go back to this one it's like judging a uh, a double ipa and trying to go back and judge a uh, light lager true true like right. so yeah i get the kind of eucalyptus note that you get i think too though there's a lot of in you know it's 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 um it's got both orange blossom and uh wildflower honey in it as claimed on the label with Colorado water, of course. Um, but, you know, wildflower, wildflowers that grow up in the mountains up there and are, you know, in the higher elevations, there might be some interesting things growing up there. And wildflower honey, it's a very broad thing. It's it's one batch to another might not taste the same. And there might be something, you know, you could get something a little more pungent and stronger in there, an herbal that, that pushes up kind of that little eucalyptus-like edge that you're getting. I kind of agree with that very light on the nose with the eucalyptus i don't exactly get the orange blossom but it is floral but i think it just gives us like a little tweak to the to the wildflower approach i guess with the honey well i think two things one redstone have been around for years right 20 years maybe been around a long time so i think they're used to sort of this art this like rustic version of of meads um, mm-hmm. And I think meads, I don't want to say have evolved because it sounds like they're doing something wrong. But, uh, you know, some of the more mainstream meads are sort of a softer blend of flavor. But also, I, I think that redstone meads, it seems like, and I don't know why I keep like specifically naming them. I probably shouldn't be doing that. But like, I, it, it feels like their meads need to open up more mm-hmm. because drinking this this mountain honey wine, you know, five minutes it's been open, it's it is sort of opening up and changing a little bit more. Yeah. Whereas, you know, sometimes meads, you don't have to necessarily 
do that. So I, you know, I think with Meads, maybe it's important to keep in mind, um, you know, it is a, it's, it's like a wine mm-hmm. for better or for worse. And that needs to open up a little bit and it doesn't need to change. Whereas beer, sometimes you, you pour the glass and you go, okay, this is what I taste. But yeah, you know, so don't have a nice uh, yeah. medium light body. So it's not super heavy. Right. And the bottle says it uses the, uh, the Montrachet yeast in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, it is really it is really light. It is easy drinking, and you know, honestly, mm-hmm. it's opening up. And I I don't get that eucalyptus anymore. It's gone. It's like maybe slightly herbal herbaceous now, but yeah, that's all kind of fleeting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder, I wonder what that's about. They definitely seem to have some flavors. It's very smooth for you know. It's a twelve percent honey wine, which I kind of like that level. It's a nice, yeah. You know, it's a, you know. Nice, good strength. You get the plenty of the honey, but you're not getting any alcohol harshness here. It's it's very smooth. Mm-hmm. They don't add any sulfites in there. It's kind of traditionally made. It seems like too very natural ingredients. And I like that they put the production date on. Yeah, February first, two thousand twenty-one. Mine's twenty twenty, November twenty twenty. Yeah, mine mine's <laughs> a twenty-one. So. I, well, I, I got J, JP's in mine at the uh, Total Wine in Pleasant Hill. I think you got yours in Pleasanton or San Ramon. Yeah. Interesting. That's very interesting. I don't know why. I mean, it's a year difference. Yeah. Probably uh, they already sold out the 2020 ones at well, the Total Wine in Pleasant Hill, or they didn't get any that early, and uh, I don't know. Now you're For whatever three reason. Mo- yeah, three months difference, really. November to February, oh, not well, a big yeah, deal. That's true, yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's good. I I like that it's light, and you know, and I seem to remember their their meads just sort of being lighter on flavor. But I don't know if it's because you know now we have more commercial examples of like heavier meads. But like I said, they were the first meadery that I'd ever heard of, like commercially. And I mm-hmm. thought, wow, these people are nuts. Oh, you're lucky you never heard of Chaucer mead then. <laughs> that's what yeah. it, that's where I started, Chaucer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't came know. with a, a pack of mulling spices that you could yeah. use. Oh, Jesus the... Christ, I oh, forgot, yeah. I, I've blocked that out. <laughs> they would sell that crap like in the '90s, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh god, I don't know who made it or where it came from. Uh, it was just uh, oxidized, awful because it was so oxidized because nobody ever bought it. Right. Like some like a big liquor store that wanted to have a lot of selection of different stuff might have like three or four bottles of Chaucer's mead for people that wanted to have a mead. And it will, if anyone drank that, it'd be a miracle. They ever, ever drink a mead again or make one or do anything. <laughs> well, you know, oh, my God, that stuff was terrible. Meads, I, I found- think, used to be more of a novelty. Yes. Yes. And now now they're becoming more mainstream. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of meaderies out there. That one was yes. of the quality that you would want to put it in a crock pot and throw some spices in there, right? You know, in a, at a winter ho- holiday party or something. It's just like, okay, let's have some fun here. Taste this, okay? Yeah. Who cares? Oh, my yeah. palate's blown. Let's drink some mead. Mead. Right. No yeah. one's going to be offended if you let the crock pot of mead sit. It ain't. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> or or weird stuff like I have a good friend who had a roommate in the late 80s who had like a uh, uh, like an arrowhead bottle carboy of mead or something. And I it had been it's like, oh, yeah, you got to let that sit for about 10 years to really, really ferment out. And I'm like, OK, yeah. I didn't know anything about fermentation or before I even started home brewing. 
And I'm like, that doesn't sound good, but I wasn't going to tell that guy that. But that was like what you did back in, I guess, the late 80s, is you would get like some honey and pour it in a arrowhead bottle, a, 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 a drinking water bottle, one of those five gallon ones, and let it sit for, I don't know, 10 years. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. On the right. leaves. No nutrients, just, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I learned a lot. Uh, Chaucer's has the broaden their horizons from the original one that I ran into when I was younger. And when I was so excited, I'm like, oh my gosh, mead, look at this. And I broke it open. I was like, this is going to be awesome. And I was like, this is what mead tastes like. I don't know if this is so awesome anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just wanted to be uh, noted that I'm drinking Celebration Ale. This is my seventh bottle of Celebration left. I have six more in the fridge. Ooh. I just want to deflect right now that's all how how oxidized nice. is it now like no, six seven eight months after you no, got it it's not oxidized. it's great the awesome um, yeah the hop flavors died down a little bit um that's why i like keeping this because it sort of just turns into like a hoppy red ale instead of like a mm-hmm. you know I, ipa i like have you I kept love that them. in your in your fridge yeah yeah so that should be i mean yeah it'll Good. it shouldn't get oxidized and it should just have a little bit of a die down of the hop character yeah. and yeah that's you can flex on us all day with that the, celebration red, bro. The malt, the malt sort of gets this like nice sweetness. It's good. I, I really like mm-hmm. it. I like a, a nice. aged celebration. Anyway, let's get out of here, everybody. I think we're done. Ashley, thank you very much for sticking around and uh, not only sending you, uh, sending you, sending us mead, but uh, staying for our our commercial. I don't know. I don't know what it was. It wasn't the judging. Commercial comment. Commercial commenting. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It was interesting. Thank you very much. I appreciate it, Ashley. Yeah, Definitely no, not, not a, not a yeah, commercial. A lot. Not a commercial for Chaucer's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but definitely go and check out some Redstone, especially people in the Bay Area. That, you know, Apparently, you can find them all over the Bay Area. I think they're really interesting meads. They're not like some of these other, like, uh, you know, super heavy meads or whatever. It's a whole different vibe. Um, you know, and, and like I said, as, as they sit, they, they definitely change a little bit which i think is interesting and i would love to know why i'm going to go back to this can one real fast yeah. you know this redstone honey mountain wine in the bottle with the swing top i think would be a great intro to mead for people oh. who uh have never had a mead before and maybe just want to have because it's simple it's light it's not you know the moonlight meads are great but they're you know bigger more flavor there's more to them you know, it's kind of like starting to drink a craft beer with an IPA to drink one of those. This might be more like easing into craft beer with a <laughs> with a pale ale or a golden ale or something like that, right? Yeah, I like uh, it. It just gives you some idea what a mead might be. Yeah, I uh, think you don't right. always jump straight to imperial stout when you're 19 years old. Just you know, <laughs> right, tw- 21 years old. Sorry. Yeah. Mm. Well, if you were, if you were cool, you did. Yeah. yeah, no. It, uh, yeah, I think it's enjoyable. I think it's. I it's think tasty. so too. I think uh, red suns are, are are definitely good meads. They're just uh, you know we need to definitely. know how to how to tackle them for a second. Yes. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. And uh, if you want to be on this show, send us beer. Email Brian at thebrewingnetwork.com and he will get back to you post haste, whatever that means. And uh, you can be on the show and uh, send us beers, and uh, we'll converse with you. And you can. Plug your uh, your homebrew club when Char asks you for it, and not before then. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, we'll see you.